Tetuka Tumwana. The boulder standing in the ocean. I'm And I'm Justin Murray, you're with Tiahika on Radio New Zealand National. This week, while everything is about Rugby World Cup 2011, go the All Blacks. Elections are fast looming. That's right, November 26, Fanoma, and political commentator and lecturer Dr. Maria Baj says Māori need to shake up their ideas if they want to retain or increase Māori representation in Parliament. Kia ora, Maria Baj, she joins us later. Last week, one of the biggest Māori contemporary art markets, simply named Māori Market, finished up its five-day stint at Porirua. Now, this features some of the best Māori artists in the country, and they had their works up for sale alongside up-and-coming students. We have highlights from the opening night. The Knox music, that's Knock spelt N-O-K, is described as dingy rock and grubby grooves. Later, I'm with one of its dingy rock and grubby groovesters, Tyna Keelan, who will help us wrap up tonight's broadcast of Tiahika with his classic, yet-to-be-released, wait for it, East Coast Girls. Nā reira, kuiara ngā kaupapa i tēnei ahiahi pō. That's coming up tonight in this edition of Te Ahika. Te Ahika, Radio New Zealand National. Māori Australians. I don't know about you, Justine, but I've got loads of whānau who have shifted to Australia. And later in the show, when we hear from musician Taina Keelan, he'll tell us about the effect it's had on his whānau, this en masse shift to Aussie. But right now, Dr Maria Baj has pulled together some findings from a survey she did that has some interesting things to say about mozzies when it comes to voting in both New Zealand and Australian elections. When we go to the polls on the 26th of November this year, we're also going to be asked to vote on a referendum. And this year the referendum's about whether we keep MMP or select another option. 
Now you have some views about that, Dr. Maria Barge. <laughs> Kia ora, Maria. Yes, I do. Um, so there are two parts to the question. Um, the first part of it is, do you wish to retain MMP? And regardless of what you choose there, whether you say yes to retain it or, or not, then you're still asked a second question about which of the, these four options um, would you have, you know, if we didn't have MMP. Um, and MMP is not not listed there. Um, so, yeah, I think there are a number of issues um, for Māori when it comes to this um, referendum. And what are the issues? Well, I think one is that there's... Um, well, anecdotal evidence suggests that not many people are up to play with um, the fact that there is even a referendum. And the second part is that the options um, that are provided, you know, the other voting systems that are provided on the um, in the referendum uh, aren't uh, clear to people and uh, people don't have a lot of information about what they are. OK, so that's the actual referendum. Mm. Do you think Māori have a handle on MMP... Overall, I think Māori have a pretty good understanding of um, what MMP is about, and I think the slogan back when we, you know, first chose to swap from first past the post FPP to um, MMP in 1993, I think you know the slogan at that time was more Māori in Parliament, and I think that's something that's really stuck with with Māori communities, and that's a really useful um, slogan still. Because the reality is there are more Māori in Parliament. Yep. There are approximately, or depending whether you include people who self-identify or not, there are about 22, 23. Which are as many Māori as we've ever had yeah. represented in Parliament. Yeah. So I guess, you know, some people could look at that and go, well, the more Māori we have in there, the more voice we have. Line Even though it's across different party lines. Well, the political parties are all different. Some of them have a stronger whipping system. That's what they you know, call their kind of rule structures. And so some of them have to tow more of the party line than others. And so for some of the parties, that means the Māori members are supporting uh, pieces of legislation that are... Uh, in the broader Māori community, may not be that popular. But one thing to note is that there have only ever been 11 Māori ever elected to general electorates. So if you think back to kind of the 1800s, since that time to now, there have only ever been 11 Māori um, over that time elected to general electorates. So what that suggests to us <laughs> is that the kind of voting system that we want, um, A, is one that still uh, has the Māori seats as a part of it, and be one where Māori can get into Parliament in another way other than the general electorates or the Māori seats, so on a party list, for example. So when people are considering which of the voting options um, they'd like um, if they didn't have MMP, I think it's useful to think of the ways in which Māori can get into um, Parliament. So FPP was up to the 1996 election, and from that time there was still... Um, a couple of people that have come through um, on general electorates since 1996 so under MMP, um, but the others have come in on the list, and that's where the the substantial increase has has been, you know, adding up. Māori have come in on the Māori seats. Māori have come in um, on the list and one or two each election um, on the. Uh, so general there are electorates. all these ways that you can have Māori entering yeah. Parliament. Yep. But, for example, if we returned to the first-past-the-post system, um, on the face of it, um, on our current population statistics, there would be 
12 Māori electorates under first-past-the-post. So, so to most people, that sounds pretty good. That's more than seven. Wouldn't that be good? But if you kind of look a little bit deeper at that, there's no party list under first-past-the-post, so Māori wouldn't be getting in that way. If we think about the record of Māori um, coming in on the general electorates, it's possible that no Māori would come in that way. So the number of Māori in Parliament in total would probably be 12. Um, so that is a lot less than 22. <laughs> so these are some of the issues that people need to think through when they're looking at the different um, options. Average Māori voter, would they be thinking through these things? They may not be. In some ways, that's why I'd suggest that of the options on offer at the moment, MMP is um, still the one best uh, suits Māori at this point in time, given the kind of context that we have at the moment. Okay, so if you really break it down, okay, so MMP, but then isn't it also an issue about getting Māori on the electoral roll, getting them voting? I mean, all those things feed into the success of that system, doesn't it? Yep, and that's certainly something that needs to be worked on. Um, Veronica Tafai, who's at Massey University, has done some great research recently um, with Rangatahi about you know why they vote, do they vote, um, and things like that. And one of the things that she found was that they were interested in voting, actually, um, but they wanted more information about where to go, how to how to get enrolled, you know, that sort of basic information. Um, so I think we need to look at research like that and uh, follow it up. And, I mean, is there a degree of naivety too, Maria, that by having more Māori in Parliament, they will fulfil Māori destiny? You know, isn't, is that, isn't that a little naive that you can expect that across the party lines? That yeah, I guess that's um, probably, I, well, I think of it as slightly a slightly different issue. Are Māori MPs going to represent Māori interests? And we've had, um, well back when the, the Māori Party first entered Parliament, Whatarangi Winiata, their president at the time, talked about this um, pan, well, a Māori caucus that would, you know, span all the different political parties. And at that time it, it didn't really come to fruition because of the different divisions between political parties. But, you know, arguably with the um, committee that Rahui Kātene and Metidia Ture have set up around child poverty, you know, arguably there's something um, coming along there. Um, but you're right, you can't always um, assume that just because someone's Māori and in Parliament that they're going to um, work to protect te noranga and Māori rights. Now, I'm not sure about your whānau, Maria, but I know many of my whānau have travel to Australia and that's where they're living and just how involved are they when it comes to voting and with this issue around the referendum? Mm. Well I've just completed a survey about Māori voting, oh, voting habits in Australia and one of the things that I found was that um, Māori when they move to Australia uh, often stop voting in New Zealand elections and don't start voting in Australian elections. So basically, um, Paul Hamer used the term massively disenfranchised back in 2008, and I'd say that that's, that's still the case. Um, and when it comes to the referendum, approximately 80% were not aware that there was going to be a referendum um, on the voting system. So something really needs to be done there to... Um, by the Electoral Commission, I'd suggest, to kind of convey some of that really basic information to Māori in Australia. 
but I mean, it's, it's talking at a deeper issue there. I mean, if you have Māori that aren't participating in in any process in any of those two countries, they're just not participating. I in... mean, we can speculate on the reasons mm. behind the um, lack of um, participation, and I, I certainly don't think that it's about people not being interested. Um, in the, I had a section in the survey which said, you know, do you have any other comments? And a lot of people took the time to really write some um, lengthy answers there, um, and a lot of them were about... Um, more in terms of, you know, I don't feel that I have a, can have an impact. Um, in on, either country? In either country, yeah. Well, of course, in Australia, you've got to be a citizen um, to enrol to vote, and their voting is um, compulsory there. And a lot of Māori, well, most Māori don't become Australian citizens um, when they move to Australia. And then what was interesting about your survey is that they were participating, or they identified strongly with Māori-type organisations like a Runanga or a Iwi, but not so much when it comes to participating in an electoral process in the country. Yeah, and I think that, that perhaps suggests to us that we need to do a bit more research about Māori politics that's separate from the state. You know, because I think what that tells us is actually there's a whole realm of Māori politics that operates um, with iwi runanga, with um, marae committees, and that that sort of area um, that Māori are heavily involved with. Um, but uh, that's not often looked at when people kind of do your standard analysis of New Zealand politics. Um, that's seen as something that's um, slightly outside. But I think for Māori... That kind of political realm is is crucial and at the forefront of their um, thinking and participation. And I guess it's also showing that you can't just place, you, you know, you can't just wash it and say, oh, there's a disconnect happening, because there is at one level, but there isn't when it comes to identifying strongly with Māori political and I think, again, that tells us something about our constitutional arrangements. If Māori are more interested in participating in something closer to them, perhaps a structure that they've had some part in um, designing, um, it may have been, um, you know, largely constrained by the treaty settlements process. We know a lot of iwirunanga have come about, you know, through that process. But people may have felt that they've had a little bit more of a say. So it seems to me that that tells us something about the New Zealand Parliament and the way in which it has um, been created, completely detached from Māori influence, really. And I think constitutional change and allowing everybody to have a greater say in our constitutional arrangements um, would change some of that situation. Which is one of the reasons why um, the Iwi Chairs Forum um, back in 2009 um, started a process and gave some commitments to um, resourcing an Iwi independent iwi uh, constitutional working group. That's why the Iwi Chairs Forum um, have started off um, what is now an independent process for constitutional um, change. Um, so there's um, an independent um, working group on constitutional change or constitutional transformation led by uh, Margaret Mutu and um, Moana Jackson. So what we're seeing here in that example that you gave of... Um, Māori living in Australia who are identifying with Māori groups back here is we're actually seeing the evidence being played out right there of how they're identifying more with that 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there are a number of things. One is that um, because back in 2007, um, you know, Paul Hamer found, you know, that at that time there were you know, X amount of Māori enrolled with their um, iwi runanga. And now in this survey that I've just finished, there's been an increase um, in Māori registered with iwi organisations. So that could either be that iwi uh, runanga are doing a better job at registering people and keeping mm, in contact true. with Māori in Australia, or it could mean that Māori in Australia are more actively um, seeking, um, you know, their runanga to register and things like that. So it's hard to tell um, without further research um, which way around it is. At the survey that you've presented, is flagging that this whole area requires additional research. Yeah, and I don't think um, some people have suggested that um, researchers should instead be focusing on um, and getting Māori to vote here in Aotearoa. And I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think it doesn't hurt to have some people looking at um, our whanaunga in Australia as well as people looking at, you know, encouraging Māori to vote here. I don't think they're um, mutually exclusive. The main question really is, does the voting system provide fair representation um, overall for the community, I think that's important. I mean, that's a non—that's a question not specific to Māori, um, but an issue of fairness it also connects into, you know, do smaller parties have a say under that voting system? Um, because we know, of course, that um, our Māori parties are usually the smaller parties, um, and uh, once they're having some participation, they can increase um, the leverage um, that they can have with Māori issues if they're you know, required by one of the other parties um, for voting on particular issues, um, then they can use that power, if you like, of their small numbers um, as a leverage. So I think, you know, is it a fair representation as, as one? Um, the other is, you know, the question around will Māori be able to get elected um, if there are no Māori seats? So looking at the numbers of Māori seats is important but also thinking about, well, if there weren't Māori seats, and I think that's always a danger that lingers with us, um, would Māori be able to get uh, elected? Well, the, yeah, I mean, the other issue is what level of influence um, will um, Māori issues have? Um, and that comes back to whether um, a Māori party is, say, holding the balance of power or something like that. That gives them some leverage. Um, they can say to the, one of the larger parties, whoever's in government, uh, yep, we'll support you on that issue as long as you agree to do this um, for Māori issues. And so that's the kind of leverage that we need in the system. If, if larger parties can just rule outright, um, then they're not very likely um, to care about Māori issues or put that at the forefront of their agenda, and they're not likely to put Māori people very high up um, in their ranks. The only other thing to, to note is um, that when Māori moved to Australia, they are still eligible to vote in New Zealand elections, um, and uh, as long as they're over 18 and have returned to New Zealand in the past three years. So do Māori not know that? No, a lot of Māori don't, because in, in the feedback that I had on the survey, a lot of people said, can I vote? Should I be voting? I didn't know I could vote. Where would I vote? Um, so that's really sort of pretty basic information that yeah, people don't know. Also, regardless of the outcome, they're going to have a review of it anyway, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, so if people vote to retain MMP, 
um, then there'll still be a review of MMP. Um, and I think that's useful just to, to tweak any difficulties with it. And one of the issues that Māori have had, of course, is that you can only change whether you're on the Māori role or the general electorate um, every five years. And of course with elections coming around every three years, some people get out of sync. Um, so they're voting in an electorate that they may not want to be voting in. Um, so I think that's one of the things for Māori in particular um, that would be useful uh, to be looked at in a review. So what happens, Maria, if as a result of the referendum it's that it changes? Uh, well, that depends on who the government is and what they what they do with that information, um, and depending which of the other four options are selected. Right. So, is it a we may face another referendum at the next general election about you know um, with with two options only, like we did for MMP. They scaled it down to MMP and FPP, and then people were asked which of these two do you want. Um, so, I'd expect that that would be. Um, at the next election, so it's not an automatic, automatic no. change. No. Ida and Fano, make sure that you vote this election on November twenty-sixth. Mena kare koto e tukua a koto porti koa e amuamu. That's right. No moaning if you don't vote. Now, to listen back to today's show, it's easy as head to radionz.co.nz forward slash teahika. Or if you have suggestions or feedback, let us know via email teahika at radionz.co.nz. I'm Justine Murray. And I'm Maraya Rakuraku, and this is Teahika. Sweet voice is my whanaunga. Kia ora, that's Mary Boynton singing O Meo Bani no Karo at the gala opening of Māori Market held at Te Rauparaha Arena, Porirua, Wellington. It's an extravaganza where established new artists come together to display and sell their artwork. It's an A-list of artists really, including Tāmoko practitioners, Mark Kōpua and Derek Lardelli, works from Robin Kahukiwa, Paratene Matchett, Sandy Adset, Weaver, Tina Wirihana, Tracy Tafio, Taikirikire, along with students from Te Wananga Katoa around the Motu, or Aotearoa, Fitzirea Polytech, Toi Haukura, to name a few. In upcoming Tiahika, you'll hear from a few of them, but tonight we're at the gala opening with one of the newly established artists, Maraya Tamutamu.
Marae Tumutumu. She's represented by Poi Gallery. Now, Justine did take some photos. She was a bit of a maniac that weekend. She took some photos. You can get to them. They're at radionz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. Remember our first kiss Was something like a movie scene Ain't no love half as good as this so Nothing ever felt so mean Tyna Keelan has pretty much played in a who's who of the Aotearoa hip-hop scene from Decepticons Nation Mystic, Scribe and his Crusader Days, P-Money, Catch a Fire, Four Corners, and the list goes on. Tyna came into the studio last week, kicked back and played some tunes. You know what I mean, I mean, I mean, cause I've been having this feeling, baby it's been so
Kia ora, te aitanga hauiti, ngāti parau and rongo whakata, hip-hop star and general all-round hard-case fella, Tiny Keelan. So, Mariah, what was that laughing or cringing with that cook It was a bit of both, really. There's no way we endorse calling anyone cook near her. Ai ra, Anyway, here's this week's whakatauki. Te toka tu moana. The boulder standing in the ocean. This refers to a chief or to a group of warriors buffeted by opposing forces but standing firm. So my interpretation of this week's whakatauki is about the stranding of the Rina ship in Tauranga Moana. That is the boulder standing in the ocean and the chief or the group of warriors buffeted by opposing forces that is about the locals who are really doing their best to clean up the moana to get rid of the oil and uh, to really work together as a collective force to pull together. Uh, I am from Tauranga Moana and uh, so my, uh, my heart goes out to my whanau who live in Tauranga Moana who are having to deal uh, with, this, um, with this take. Hi, and being from there, Justin will be returning with some eyewitness accounts. Also, next week, I'm with Teresa Fulford and Jim Winiata, who take me on a tour of Otaki Māori Racing Club. And we'll have more from Nga Taonga Toi a Te Wakatoi. He mihi tēnā ki ngā kai kōrero i tēnei wiki. Atui tērā ki ngā kai hanga kōrero i runga i tērā rohiko ngā mihi. Hoki mai hei tērā rā tapu. Mai te whānau a te ahikā ki a tātou katoa. Māori ora. Well, I'm, um, I'm Tolaga Benes and Mahijan Mystic. Um, that means I'm, uh, well, te aitanga ahuiti, uh, and, you know, ngāti pro, rungo mai wahini, and um, ngāti, what's Porirua, bro? Titei Bay? Yeah, no, I'm not that one, but I'm ngāti Titei Bay because I lived there all my life. A little bit fast? A little bit slower. Sound like your missus. <laughs> a little bit slower, there, bro. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, I need all right, eh? Sure. Throne, my East Coast girl. 
Coast girl My East Coast girl East Coast girl Say, I know that you Not very good on the bass But I'll still try and sing this song anyway But that's all good Cause I'm really good anyway So I don't need you to make some mistakes I'm trying to be the only guy you need So that you can see me when you awake, babe You're like the sun, you're shining down on me I wanna make you my wife one day My East Coast girl My East Coast girl My East Coast girl My East Coast girl They say Then when I hear You're with another guy It just makes me wanna break down and crying But I don't care Cause all the time you thought that I was loving you I was really lying The truth is, girl, I know you think that you're the only girl And that you are the best But really, girl, even though you're from the coast I got a better-looking chick from the west My East Coast girl East Coast girl My East Coast girl My East Coast girl No, and I try to say that you were really bad But I was too scared of your dad Cause he would make me break down and cry When he kicks my bum with those muscly thighs He used to say, marry my little girl, make her happy or I'm going to smash you. But I know they're loving and she's about my rubbing, but she's from the coast, she's probably my cousin. So my East Coast girl, my East Coast girl, my East Coast girl. My East Coast girl, you are my East Coast girl, my East Coast girl, my East Coast girl, my East Coast girl.